Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Today was the last opportunity to speak with Coach Sam Pittman. What did you learn today in the Zoom press? Well, it sounds like Deshaun Stewart. Yeah, it sounds like Deshaun Stewart's going to be able to play Saturday. Obviously, we know, we kind of uh, had an indication that Miles Slusher would be good to go. Um, looks like they're going to leave out around what I think two o'clock on Friday, and you know, it's kind of a line of question I had for him was just. You know, you've got a lot of new guys that haven't traveled with you, but, you know, they do stay at a hotel uh, for home games. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but um, when they're at a home game, they, they, they go off and do that. And so they've kind of had a little bit of preparation for a 6 o'clock game. And I can remember him from last year or the year before, I think, um, just talking about, like, do you do your walkthrough, you know, at the opponent stadium? And he kind of thinks that's kind of an antiquated way of doing things that teams most teams anyway don't really do that so they're not going to like go in before and you know check out the venue and all that stuff um i noticed that they had speakers i don't think i mentioned that the other day but i noticed the speakers up at the top of the indoor facility and they were able to pipe noise in there got it up into the 90s on the decibel level it'll be higher than that razorback stadium the last few games i've seen it i think maybe as high as 107, 108 maybe uh, on the decibel reading. So they were able to get some some good noise in there. We expect it to be loud. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just keep preparing and uh, make sure you don't, you know, you you touch on everything. And, I mean, that's that's just where they are right now. So we'll, uh, we'll see if they've made any improvements from the last game. Obviously, Arkansas needs to get off to a better start. They can't go, uh, you know, what was it, punt, fumble, fumble, punt, <laughs> you know, and they're down 17-0 against a team that really, you know, has no business being up 17-0 on them. So they need to get off to a better start in this one. You know, I think, you know, just talking with him too and, you know, listening to Jimbo and stuff, it's it's kind of an interesting matchup when you talk about Arkansas's offense versus the Aggie defense. That's That's a good matchup for the right reasons. Both of those sides of the ball are playing, you know, pretty well overall. Arkansas had, you know, obviously a, a little bit of issues last week, but they got it figured out and ended up, you know, going 38-10, uh, outscoring them. So um, that offense versus that defense, and then the other side is just an interesting battle for the, the wrong reasons, really. Arkansas has given up a ton of yards, especially in the past. Uh, what, 352 pass yards a game last in the country. And then Texas A&M is, what, 208 passing yards a game. I think they're somewhere around um, 85, 100, somewhere like that in the country. So, you know, and, and they're, you know, they're not putting up a lot of points either. So it's kind of interesting how that dynamic is. When Arkansas's offense is on the field and Texas A&M's defense is on the field, you got a really good matchup because they're both good. And then when it's the other way, you got a really good matchup because they are both haven't been very good, aside from, aside from the sacks. That's been pretty good for Arkansas. Let's check in with Joey. Joey, good afternoon. Do you have a question or comment for Trey? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, hey, Trey. I I, I try to catch uh, the the pressers with Coach Pittman and uh, um, each week, and 
I know you asked him after week one about Tykeus Crawford's participation. I know he, I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he did not play after, you know, Coach Pittman was talking about him being possibly in that rotation. Just wanted to check with you. You may have talked about it already some, but just wanted to check with you about his participation in the last couple of games, if he's gotten in, if they've let him mm-hmm. rotate. And then also Coach Pittman talked about Kiwan Parker, I believe, um, playing some at corner going into the Missouri State game and just wondered if he actually uh, got in and how many snaps and with that be- that position being such a concern here lately, just uh, uh, maybe another person rotating in there. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, you know, they, they need Kiwan to, to start biting right now. I mean, he's he's a redshirt freshman. He was a well-recruited guy. Uh, they've had some issues here and there in the secondary. Obviously, Ladarius Bishop hasn't been playing. Um, you know, Ladarius is a guy that started a lot of games for him last year. So you would like to see that. I have not noticed him being out there, though, um, at cornerback. And Takias got in. He got some action against South Carolina Uh when Arkansas got up a little bit, he, he got in there for that. I don't recall seeing him against Missouri State. Now, I think a lot of game, a lot of things in Missouri State, they probably wanted to get Jalen Lewis in there. That was another guy that they mentioned, the freshman nickel. Uh, they wanted to you know, get Kewan Parker in there, probably wanted to get Takias Crawford, probably wanted to get some Malik Hornsby action in there also in the, with their package. But just the way the game played out, you're down 17 nothing, as Sam Pittman said. You know, they look at their analytics, and there's an 11% chance you know, that they've got uh, to win the game. So, you know, at that point, they're thinking, you know, we got to get our best guys out there. We can't afford to have any mistakes. We can't put Dominic Johnson in the game. I think, I think they absolutely would have put Dominic Johnson in the last game. Um, but it wasn't time to to dust his knee off. You know, it wasn't time to test it, things out. It was time to go out and win the game because you know you were in a bit of a pickle. So. There's just been a lot of things that haven't worked out to where they've been able to get guys out there. I think Takias is good enough to, to go out there and play. I think there will be times through the year where they'll need him. I mean, they'll have somebody, you know, get rolled up kind of funny or something like that and have to come out, and they'll shift things around, and they'll get Takias in. I mean, just because we're not seeing a whole lot of him right now doesn't mean, you know, we won't see a whole lot of him later. You know, I can think of uh, a great example is probably Matt Jones. I mean, how long did it take for Matt Jones to, to really get involved? And when he did, it was, you know, he just kind of took over. I'm not saying anybody's like that caliber, but, um, you know, it's a long season, and there will be there'll be guys that you didn't think, you know, had were going to have a moment that had one. Look at last year with Dominic Johnson. I mean, it was all the way to the Mississippi State game before he had more than six carries. Arkansas had already had a bye week. I guess that was like, what, week nine or something? Before he got more than six carries in a game, he almost ended up leading him in rushing, led him in rushing touchdowns. Uh, so it's a long season. There'll be there'll be opportunities for guys here and there that you know maybe aren't getting a lot of opportunities right now. Tough stretch right now. I mean, this is a yep. brutal stretch. It uh, is. Abso- it's one of the more brutal stretches that you'll see, absolutely. <laughs> Alabama, then at Mississippi State, BYU, and then thankfully an open date. Yeah, BYU didn't play very well against Oregon um, on the road, I guess. But uh, you know, you got to go at BYU, and everybody talks about that altitude and everything. You got to play sound against BYU to beat them because they are, um, I think, a generally pretty sound football team from a talent perspective. Arkansas is going to have an edge on them, but 
you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit. There's there's a lot to go before getting to BYU. Uh, this from Earl from our Asher Record Service company, Life and Feedback. He says, with all the knee injuries in college football, they use all kinds of pads and the like. What would be wrong with making knee braces mandatory just like helmets? So many young folks are having their football careers cut short because of knee injuries. They've done a lot to help that. Um, you know, obviously all the offensive linemen wear knee braces. Some quarterbacks wear it uh, on their front knee uh, just in case, that, you know, somebody rolls into them. Uh, so that's, you know, been something quarterbacks will use. Uh, you do significantly reduce your speed by wearing knee braces. If they made it mandatory for everybody, I guess everybody would be on the same level, you know, playing field. It might be a little less exciting, you know, for uh, for people because of uh, you know people enjoy the speed of the game, um, but they have done a lot of things. I mean, th- just this year alone, you know, they took away you know if you're outside the tackle block box, you can't block below the waist. We've seen that penalty called several times. Jalen Catalan, it was called uh, against him as a defensive player. So we've seen it on defensive players, seen it on offensive players too, and I think that's a pretty big one. Uh, obviously, they. They want you to stop returning kickoffs. I don't know if that's so much a knee injury issue as maybe, um, you know, just people running full speed and, and other injuries like, you know, head trauma and stuff like that. Um, but they have made rule change. Here's the thing with football. It is a it's a brutal sport. As Vince Lombardi said, football is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Um, I don't know if anybody's watched that old, you know, the 150 years of college football stuff, but you know, there used to be people that died playing football all the time. I mean, the 1900s, they used, yeah. yeah, they would have uh, what they would call a wedge where they would basically just yeah. pick somebody up and throw them with the ball in their hands, you know, talk about dangerous. Um, so football has definitely improved over the years. And, you know, knee injury, um, you know, obviously it's, 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 it, it stinks. It, it'll knock you out for an entire season. Uh, when I was – playing football back in you know the 90s if you had a acl tear that wasn't a guarantee that you were just going to bounce right back and i can remember when that went from a year-long injury to more like a you know six months eight months maybe type of injury before you could start you know getting back um so there's a lot of things that have have changed with you know both medically and the things that they've done to, to protect players. I mean, basically, not every rule, but I would say the majority of rule changes here over the last few years have all been about player safety. But I don't know that you're ever going to see, you know, everybody put knee braces on. Here's a, the, a suggestion I had. If you want players to stop um, lowering their helmet and spearing people and stuff, put them back in leather helmets. <laughs> and I guarantee you they'll stop. <laughs> you're right. I don't think they're going to do that. Probably uh, not. This, Makes too much sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to even pronounce his name, so I'll just say D.W. How much does not being able to run the ball on us affect our past defensive yards? Uh, allowing, I guess, 50 to 60 a game. Um, I, don't, I don't think the secondary, uh, considering injuries, has played that terrible overall. I'm not sure quite how he's worded that, but yeah, I do think me. that I tried to read it just as he as he uh, running the ball. Um, some teams have supplemented uh, the lack of a run game with 
um, short passes, screens. You've seen a lot of that. And Arkansas has missed a lot of those tackles. Arkansas had over 200 yards of yards after contact given up last week. 200 yards. And that's, you know, and you look at the rushing totals and they're not that impressive. They were happening on, you know, screens and, you know, some shorter stuff and just missing tackles. And so, you know, it, it, it's kind of misleading in a way. Um, you know, also, we talk about the pass defense. Well, the part of pass defense is getting to the quarterback in sacks. Arkansas has 17 sacks, I think 146 yards in losses, something like that, 100, maybe 120-something yards in losses. Uh, but if they were like an average sack team, like an average sack team probably has seven sacks or something right now, probably 40 yards in losses. You know, if you balance that out, Arkansas would still be in the upper tier of, uh, you know, of teams in rushing yards given up. But um, – you know, obviously not as high as they are because the sack totals. I mean, that's like – I think they're, it's like 40-something yards a game that Arkansas is wiping out in rushing yards because of sacks. So they, they certainly had not had a hard time tackling once they get in the backfield, uh, but there was some issues last week. They've really focused on that this week. Uh, you get better at what you practice generally, but I don't know if, you know, doing a few drills and practice are going to fix what, what we saw last weekend. They've got to – you can't just dive and lunge. I mean, I know we talked about it yesterday a lot, so I don't want to get into it again, but they've got to be better tackling. And if they get better tackling, that'll make them a look, you know, probably like a lot better coverage team as well. Trey, I don't know. Granted, uh, when this was released, it was released on September the 20th, which to me may be the earliest the SEC has released schedules Mm-hmm. for the next year 2023 yeah. i mean we're just barely three games into this season so i don't know if you if you've given or paid much attention yeah. uh, to the schedule itself for next year but i have and rick certainly i i, I want you to uh help refresh my memory i was thinking that any game i don't think Arkansas played UAPB last year in Little Rock. Uh, But I thought, and I've had several people ask me this question, I thought the trade-off for Arkansas uh, not playing every year in War Memorial was to the fact that uh, they would get a game such as it was a couple of years ago with Missouri. In other words, you get an SEC game. uh, They're moving away with that. They yeah, they did they away, did with, away that. with that. Okay. Yeah, that's, it'll that's be Arkansas Western State, Carolina. Western right. Carolina, UAPB. Yeah, those types of games. So I have looked at the schedule, and first of all, I agree wholeheartedly. Josh Pate had a great take on this late kick with Josh Pate. He he refused to talk about the college football schedules being released because college football has no idea how to release a schedule. Like in, right in the middle of the se- – I mean, week three, week four. We that last night too. What, 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 That's what a terrible time. What, he was just was comparing it to the NFL where it's like a celebration and, you know, a big show and all this yeah. stuff. And then they just – like literally we were in the middle of a press conference and they slip out the, the schedule last night. You know, that's just – that's not how you release a schedule. And maybe they did it, I don't know, just so people wouldn't talk about how terrible the schedule sets up for Arkansas. It's one – aside from um, – you know, what they handed Arkansas in 2020, the COVID year, this is as bad a looking a schedule as I've seen. Just for those who haven't seen it, so you open up with Western Carolina and Little Rock. Um, you have two home games after that, including BYU. You have four 
SEC games after that, none of them are in Arkansas. Yeah. Four yep. S, and that is part of a seven-week stretch where there is one game in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Seven weeks right at the beginning of the season. You're right. So you get three home games, one of them's in Little Rock, and then your next four SEC, and that's because you're the home team in Arlington. That's that strikes right. again. This yeah. is a competitive disadvantage that Arkansas has done to themselves, and it was done under the Jeff Long administration. They have, they have created their own competitive disadvantage. It hurts for recruiting. It hurts. I mean, you want to get off to a hot start. It's so important to be a team that gets off to a hot start. And a lot of how things shake up, I mean, like you don't want to get Auburn at the end of the year. Auburn's probably going to have a new coach. So, you know, you want to play them early when they're still feeling their way around, not at the end of the year. Um, so there's a lot of things in this schedule that are just – and then it ends up what – what's the last three games – it's Auburn, Auburn FIU, yep. and, Missouri. and Missouri. Yeah. All in Fayetteville. Those are your last three games. But it's just – it is an ugly, ugly schedule. And you would think the SEC would say, hey, um, you know, Arkansas does have that game in Arlington that counts as a home game. Maybe we shouldn't give them four straight uh, games outside the state of Arkansas in SEC play to start off your first four SEC games. Well, I mean, that's who they are. LSU, oh, yeah, they're easy at least. Miss and Alabama. Yeah, it's exactly. not like you're playing Vanderbilt. You, that's exactly. who you're playing in that period. All of them it are is, Fayetteville. Yeah, it is not. A, I mean, and, you know, the, the team will figure out a way to maneuver it. You know, they'll approach it week to week. But for the fans, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine there's one game in Fayetteville over a seven-week period. Yeah. That's just – that's not fun. No. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. And Arkansas's, you know, that they, they don't have necessarily a team next year. I wouldn't think. You know, who knows what's going to happen with transfer portals and stuff. But I mean, they could be. You know, they could have a lot of new faces. Yeah. Um, next year in some key roles. Yeah. So. Sure could. And that's a brutal schedule for a young team to play. You know, the other thing is, and this is where I, I hope they'll fix it by 2025. But when you're talking about the attractive conference games, Arkansas gets like this year. It's loaded. Alabama at home, Ole yeah. Miss at home, LSU at home. Well, next year they're all on the road, and your home games are, and you're playing at Florida. So your home games are Mississippi State, Auburn, and Missouri, none of which are blockbuster games. And yeah. so you're really deprived of that. And uh, But the one thing we did learn, Trey, since they released the 2023 schedule, if Texas and Oklahoma are coming early, it won't be in 23. So... We yeah. do know that. Hey, guys, you know this also? So they play Florida next year in the Swamp. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the last, let's see, three, I think it's, is it three or four of the last five meetings against Florida? I think it's three of the last um, four meetings against Florida have been played in the Swamp. Including the 2020 COVID game. They got them. They they threw Florida at them in the COVID year, and when Texas A&M and Missouri joined the SEC in 2013, they shipped them off to Florida. Then that's not that didn't seem fair. <laughs> when, right, I think, when, I, when Texas I think, and, and Oklahoma joined the conference, are they just going to be like, okay, we got to figure these schedules out? Let's just, let's send Arkansas to Florida again. Well, I right, hope I think, Texas. I hope Texas gets the benefit of uh, this kind of scheduling when they come in instead of coming in. Hey, yeah. we're coming in, but we're doing it this way. No, you're not. 
I think this is benefit of needing a walk and talk. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> ranting on the schedule, <laughs> Charlie. Good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. You have a question or comment for Trey? Uh, Trey, I wasn't even gonna. I didn't even know about man. <laughs> I knew they released it, mm-hmm. but now that I'm hearing you call out the order of how that, like, I just don't get it. I'm not even gonna go there. It's like this year, you know. You got Bama right after A&M, where last year they put Bama later in the year. That kind of stuff happens, though. This is just like – It's crazy. Those seven weeks, are just, that's just ridiculous. In the first four games, like, it's like, oh, you put the schedule together. Oh, Arkansas is playing have in Arlington? ticket next year? <laughs> I mean, should you hey, have Arkansas a Arkansas does part of this to themselves. But you're And you're right, too. Like, it's, it's only the even-numbered years for the best home schedule. Easily. Thank you, Charlie. All right, that, that's it, Trey. We're out of time. All right, that goes with me today. All right, that is Trey Video of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher, Record Service Company.